0: what's up everybody john here want to give you a real quick introduction to this episode this is the instagram live that we did with danny uh barry tomorrow they have a new record cannibal it's coming out this friday And something when setting this up that we did is that we wanted to do something more immediate, which is kind of take advantage of the Instagram Lives and the instant nature of them, with fans being able to watch and interact with us and so forth, while also trying to take advantage of the other platforms that we can post the content on. So like right now, if you go over to our YouTube channel, you will see the video of this from Instagram. If you go to our Instagram page, you'll see the video of that in our Instagram Live folder that we've been culminating over the last month or so. Um, that said, we really wanted to help push this record. You know, we realized that we have a lot of different avenues to help kind of promote a record leading up to its release. And a lot of times we're doing the interviews the way we do. It's a little bit harder to kind of put these out just sporadically. And this is something we're going to try to do to see how well it works. So... We've obviously already done the interview, hundreds of people have already seen it, it's now available other places, so the goal is to kind of help give this album one last push before it actually comes out, and maybe in some instances some people will find it after the fact, and that's okay too, but we're just kind of are creating interesting content in other places, and I, I feel like we should utilize it and put it in into the main feed and maybe grow some awareness of that dan's actually been really good about that over on the discography discussion page with you know movie mosh and discuss metal and so forth so kind of borrowing a page from their book over there so a couple of things about this this audio is exactly as you would have heard it watching it on the instagram there's really no way to clean it up i did think of a way that i could at least try to clean it up a little bit on my end um, but i'm gonna have to play around with that a little bit more uh so basically this is untouched unedited exactly as you're gonna see it if you go to the video and watch the exact same thing uh, there are some audio issues uh, on my end. I'm not exactly sure why, um, but I'll, I'll kind of figure that out over the next couple of times of doing this again. Uh, so with all of that said, enjoy this chat with Danny from Barry Tomorrow. I think we go down some really interesting tangents. And if you would like to support them, you could head to barry Tomorrow dot com and still pre-order cannibal now go support these guys this is a crushing record if you're a fan of this podcast or bands that are on this podcast you're gonna love this record if you aren't already aware of it already so without further ado here's the instagram live with Danny from barry tomorrow and we'll talk to you on sunday publicist and nope oh, there he is cool boom what
1: up brother sorry to just hey, in <laughs> how you doing all good man how are you this is kind of weird
0: because usually uh, when I do these, uh, I have I've at least interviewed or I know the person a little bit more than this. So this is going to be <laughs> because uh, typically these are super spontaneous and this one, because I think I'm going to try to extract
1: the audio from this uh, and turn it into a podcast. It's going to be more podcast based. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll try and give you a bit of an insight into me. So <laughs> maybe yeah. a bit more. Well, it's just, I don't know. I always feel like there's, you know, because doing the in-person thing,
0: even though we're doing it via an uh, electronic medium as opposed to an actual in-person, uh, I always feel like at least it creates more of an actual sense of uh, conversation because you're able to read each other's body language and not cutting each other off as much. So Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure, man. Like, I'm keen.
0: Uh, well, uh, I mean, shit. I got the record yesterday, probably around 5 p.m. my time, so I haven't even had it a full 24 hours, but holy shit, this thing is mad. (laughs) Um, It comes out Friday, Cannibal comes out Friday, July 3rd via Nation, Sony Music. Um, Obviously, we're a few days away from dropping. How are you feeling currently about it?
1: Uh, I just want it to drop now. (laughs) So Actually, as you can tell, my smile when... um, you uh you said you had it was great because uh i just want people to hear it now you know the one of the worst parts about getting uh being in a band is actually that horrible waiting period where you get like the record back and you kind of go oh my god like i just want to either hear it, i want you know the fans to hear it and the most important people to hear it you know the people that actually that actually matter and uh and that's always an elongated time anyway let alone the craziness that is the world at the moment in time so the fact that we've had an elongated period of time that, you know, it's supposed to come out in April, it's come out now. And, um, you know, we're just really eager, man. Like, it's been, like, six months since we recorded this record. So that's not a long... That's not a, a short amount of time to have anticipation. So the fact that it's coming out, I'm I'm nothing but stoked. The sleeps are are not happening at the moment. I'm just desperate for, for it to uh, come out, really. So, yeah.
0: I think the thing been really interesting, you know, having a lot of friends who are in the recording industry and just knowing how many times it takes for when you record something to act out. Uh, I know in some instances, like I was talking with uh, Jesse, and he was talking about how my record was sat for a year. And done like, sometimes that's a, by the time you're already like, dude, I'm fucking over that one, I'm, I'm ready <laughs> for another year or two.
1: Oh man there's nothing worse dude like honestly he's absolutely right jesse's right i mean jesse's king so you can't argue with that man so uh yeah i mean it is what it is i think as i said it's always a difficult period of time um but the fact that ours was kind of extended i'm just checking that my dog's not destroying my entire house that's why i'm walking around the house i'm not just giving you a sweet <laughs> tour sweet tour of the crib um no, I'm just checking my dog isn't destroying everything. But she's not, so that's great. Um yeah, so I think, you know, it's worth the wait once it's all out and people can hear it and I think it just makes it it's like anything, isn't it? Once you get there you're kinda of like, Oh, what was I complaining about the wait for? Because it's pretty sweet that everyone's enjoying it now, so <laughs> it's all good.
0: Did you feel like the success when we took the band and as such? a lot of extra on you to set the bar even higher for what you were
1: capable of? Um yeah, yes and no. So I like I think, you know, when you've been in a band as long as we have, like we're fifteen years in the game. Like we're not some spring chickens that worried about our kind of um our fan base suddenly diminishing because we released a song that was slightly slightly off the wall, you know. And also in the fact that, you know, our band very much loves the music that we play. Um, we absolutely love metalcore music or the old school form of that, you know, Killswitch Engage, Azalea Dying, Darkest Hour, In Flames, all of those kind of bands Unearth. The list goes on and on of great metalcore bands. I think, you know, from from us, we we harked back to that generation, that 2006, 2007 metalcore. And, and so if we continue playing that, there's almost less risk because you're kind of like, well, I'm just going to... Uh, I'm just going to play the music we love and know that our fans love. And we're really, I suppose, our, one of our one of our kind of positives of our band, like a big one, is that we're really connected with our fans. You know, we we love our fans. We Everyone will say they love their fans, but we love our fans. We absolutely, everything we do is to try and, you know, mould our music into what they want to hear. We're not playing for ourselves. Like, you know, um, I'd probably be if I was playing for myself in some kind of deathcore like hardcore sludge sorry <laughs> in some some like hardcore like probably sludgy band that is really heavy but you know we're not that i'm not playing for myself i'm playing for the fact that i love metalcore music and, and people seem to really connect with something that we're doing so you've just got to keep moving so the pressure i suppose the pressure going back to your question is is always there when you're in a professional band because also you want to you want to get bigger uh, i don't want to I don't want to not get bigger. I want to get bigger and to more people and tour around the world again. And like, so, um, but for this one being such like an introspective album and like a personal album, the pressure kind of was alleviated anyway because it was like, well, Black Flame was Black Flame and it'll always be Black Flame. There's nothing that I can do that's ever going to change that being Black Flame. But um, this is just something new. It's a different chapter, you know?
0: Yeah, I just, you'll see way after the kind of internalized the fact were like yeah there was a lot of pressure because you know when something like black flame happens and kind of start achieving more mainstream success and maybe within the industry as well and you're starting to go from like this level now you're kind of up here then the goal from a label perspective starts going well you guys really need to kind of hit this next level and we need that single we need that big song and so the pressures come from somewhere else other than you sometimes which then in turn starts making you second guess everything you're so that's kind of, I guess,
1: more where I kind of was like, was there more pressure uh, from from outside influences maybe? Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's really hard to objectively look at that. I think you can only look at that when you're outside of it. So maybe if you asked me that question six months from now, it would be a case of being like, yeah, there's loads <laughs> of pressure, man. Like, But, you know, you just go for the ride, you know, like where – I know that sounds really, like, altruistic or, like, you know, hippie. But, like, for me, that is it, you know. It's just about – making music and and when we get in the studio i'm not thinking i wouldn't be able to do what i do if i was thinking like oh my god what did the label think about this like it's just not what we're about we're a metal band we're rock and roll like what we're about is five dudes getting in a room and and banging out some riffs and that's that's really the base level of it so i think people can get really hung up on like what's the next step and what's the next transition and what's going to make us the next big thing and like you know what if you have a fan base like that's all you need all you need is to to look at your fan base look where their mindsets go and look where they're kind of what the finger on the pulse is you know by no means have we stayed in that kind of 2006 metalcore era like we don't sound like those bands like but we're influenced by those bands but we can look at what is current what music people want to hear and that's kind of what we've we've focused on in our career each time you know and um and what's worked and what hasn't worked so the pressure on us is to kind of weed out the stuff that we personally as musicians kind of look back on and go yeah maybe that didn't connect as well as we thought it was going to connect because you can always make mistakes man i'm sure i'll think about hey, it's hard because i think this is this is the as perfect uh current berry tomorrow as you're ever going to get there was nothing i'd change on it right now but you ask me that question six months from now and i guarantee you there'll be parts that i go yeah we could that didn't connect as well you know you know, with this being your second record that you've done with uh, Dan Weller,
0: what is it about him that seems to kind of
1: bring the best out in you guys? You know, Dan's like, the thing with Dan is that we we actually worked with Dan on our first album, Portraits, as well, under, like, he was under Weller Hill production, so people don't really know it's him. But we worked with him in our, on our first record, Portraits, and we've known him in, in the band Sixth. He plays, he plays for the band Sixth, and they're just ridiculously talented at what they do tech metal band like just absolutely phenomenal one of uk's shining heroes of metal when they were you know at their heyday and they continue to obviously make music but you know we respected him and i think that's really important we knew he was a musician in his own right not only just a producer um and he he is one of the best guitarists i've ever seen play riffs um so uh yeah i mean black flame worked there was a lot of great moments there and i think for us like he is a great songwriter so having his input um not necessarily like writing songs for us but like being part of the pre-production period of time to kind of say "Eh, repeat that guys that's good stuff and like you know it would be great to have anybody you know i could have anybody anyone on this live stream i could i could sit and kind of say what do you think of this song and they go as an objective view i think that or i think that which would which would be really helpful. But then having someone like that, that is also an expert songwriter in his own right and a a metal musician. I mean, you're on for a winner really there. And he's also very, very anal when it comes to like sounds, which is really, really important. And obviously this record, we moved to having Nolly, um, mix and master or mix it, which if you've heard architect's albums, you know, Nolly, um, he is, uh, he is a phenomenal, um, producer and, and mixer um he is he's next level so like having those as a double team is just it was the it was the archetypal um, pairing for sure
0: yeah i think that's the thing that's kind of getting interesting about metal and metalcore and stuff like that is you're starting to maybe some of the purists are going to hate it because it's not it's overproduced in a sense but i think to me what i love about it is it's produced in such a way where you can hear clarity and Thing. yeah man. you know the thing you know i remember this people like you know i was like stuff like that it sounded good then, certain producers, or, you know will putney or even now like dl and you're getting people who come from this this genre and know it so well yeah right? modern production it sounds better, and better than it ever had to me that's what's got me excited about being a metal fan now is that like, I feel like now we're kind of getting metal records that sound like. Yeah, no, I mean I love that.
1: Yeah, I'd agree that. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. I think how can you not have respect for people that are playing the music that they're producing? You know, that just, it seems to make sense on paper, but it has not necessarily been a thing. And I, but also we have to be really mindful as a band, you know, not to, just wind up being some crusty old band that doesn't believe in the newfangled ways you know we just record on tapes and stuff like that And it's like well you know there's a realism of there that kids ears are changing you know the newer generations want to hear certain elements of overproduction or you know and it's not overproduction anymore what i thought was overproduction back in the day certainly isn't overproduction now it's production so yeah. you know and when you look back at um yeah, people like Will's work. Will kind of blends the line. I think that Zeus blends the line massively with like what he does, certainly with some of like the Occasion strain stuff. Um, uh, and I think he's done some Die Art stuff maybe, but no, Will Putney did that. Um, but then you, you know, you had these, this, I suppose you had the era, I think. And it's a disrespectful term to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, is that it was kind of an American, Americanism of production really, that came in um, around the 2010 period of time where it was really produced. I'm talking strings going off left, right and centre and dance tracks and all sorts of stuff going on. And and oh. that really wasn't like a thing in, in the UK. You know, there was some smaller bands doing it, but it wasn't like a, you know, that wasn't a recognised metal music. It just wasn't. So, and that's not necessarily to say it was a bad or good thing. I think we had to go through certain transitional periods to actually recognise that, having tracks and having an album you know playing a live song a uh, live set which sounds like an album is generally a, a good thing um and so you know we went through a period of time where we were like no tracks nothing we don't even play the clip because we're rock and roll and that's cool and then get to a period of time where you go that's absolutely nonsense you just want to sound you want to sound good and you know and I, I will be loathed if i ever put vocals on a track or i ever put guitars on a track because i think that's don't know it's a little bit uh, a little bit too far for me but and this band but yeah i respect people that do do their thing and and if if kids are buying it if kids are into it they're more power to people really doing it but but yeah it's just really important i think to to just recognize how far you can go without kind of selling your soul to being younger because also there's an element of cringy if i just started being like right i'm gonna play all the music that those 18 year olds do i think people would call me out for it and go you're too old dan (laughs) yeah
0: yeah definitely a little bit of that and sometimes you know you see some of these band reunion or uh anniversary tours and you're just kind of like uh, some of this doesn't doesn't you know actually a great one was uh in Reverse," anniversary me as you and you know ronnie even and himself he goes i am not the same 10 years ago when i wrote
1: this like i feel cringy saying this shit to like little tweets <laughs> yeah that's the problem man like when you're in a band that's been a band for a long time, you gotta be very, very careful about what you put out. So, and that's not from the, not anything about you know your ethics or morality because generally there's a lot of scumbags out there in, in music and they deserve to be called out for being scumbags. But just generally, like man, I look back at you know, I was a kid when I joined this band. I was 16 years old. Um, was touring Europe when I was just yeah 16, 17, like. It was it was all new. And I look back at some of the videos we did, and I'm like, oh, my God, that was the worst thing I ever put out in the world. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a learning journey, you know? And I think if some fans have been with you for that amount of time, it almost connects you even further, you know? Because people are just like, great. You know, That's you, I've seen them progress. They've seen us get better at what we do and hopefully continue to get better as we go forward.
0: You know, kind of speaking of that, it's been interesting... Interesting to see how bands in general are able to reverse their career or kind of on the laurels of what they had done previously. Uh, I think listening to the last two records, it's pretty obvious that you've chosen to be the former. And a quick look at your Spotify iTunes pages also echoes that sentiment. How does it feel to actually have the newest stuff be the things that are
1: reacting and hitting the most? Weird. it's like you know it's not uh it's not something i'd sit there and go like like i i think about it when it's happening i suppose like i i think for whenever we're about to release a record i'm dumbfounded by the fact that a band of 15 years can be able to have hype i mean that's that's an achievement in itself and great and that's again it's not achievement for us it's just an achievement for the fans of metal music that are enjoying it and you know and seem to connect with us because we've not done anything cataclysmic that is like oh my god they have completely changed their style and suddenly reinvented metal music like i know what we are like we we play metalcore music and i truly believe that we play it damn well but like it it, that's it you know i'm not going to make bones about the fact that i scream for a living that is it's an oddity in itself man but like but the fact that people seem to connect with that and we get hype i mean i'll never get over it you know i don't i don't understand it we've not you know, it's not a concerted effort to suddenly be like i'm going to flip it so i'm suddenly going to get hype again and be really relevant you know we 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 just do us and um, we're very lucky like really lucky and i think fundamentally there's two aspects of why our band is, is continued to be su- successful and i think three aspects i suppose that we've stuck by what we believe in we make music and we make it heavy and we make it fast and we keep getting heavier but we keep adding melody in it in inventive ways. We're persistent as anything in that we have continued to be a band through adversity and stuff. But then also the third and arguably the most important is we're really lucky, man. Like we're really lucky. Lots of other bands wouldn't have had situations. And the stars aligned for us to be able to continue doing this for as long as we've gone, which is which is amazing. It's a testament to our fans, for sure.
0: You know, can of speak a bit more to the record itself? Lyrically, it dives you know headfirst into some serious topics, mental health, uh, as well as some of the effects of social media. Uh, and how it plays in our lives, or more to the point, maybe how it's ruining it. Um, <laughs> do you feel that making a concern be as direct about what you are talking, what you wanted to be talking about,
1: was easier from a writing standpoint, or was it harder knowing that you couldn't behind metaphors anymore? I think the initial step to do it's the harder. I think the actual once you start writing, it's like opening Pandora's box. I think you just keep going because. You know, metaphors are hard, man. Like, I'm not going to lie. Writing constant metaphors and hidden behind different things and making it connect with people in a catchy way. I mean, that's a difficult thing to do. So um, I think being straight up was nice and cathartic and, you know, uh, is a healing process for me. Part of my kind of mental health or depreciating mental health is is part of my kind of conditions are that I... In talking about it, I can kind of bring myself down or, or bring myself up. Actually, whichever we're talking about, depression or anxiety, like I can kind of regulate myself by talking through it logically. So, um, so that helps. You know, how how what bigger forum can you have to talk about mental health than my lyrics? You know, it's it's huge. And um, but I think generally making that step for anything. I mean, let's let's dive into mental health. Like for anybody, reaching out for help is the hardest step. It's easily the hardest step. Doesn't matter whether it's picking up a phone talking to your family member, talking to your friend, talking to a band member, seeking kind of counselling or medication or whatever it may be, that step, it can feel like an ocean, you know? And um, and I suppose the lyrics were no different to that, you know, actually making that step to be like, you know, I, there's five members of this band, you know? This isn't just my personal journey. Like, there's five members of this band that have invested time, blood, sweat and tears into this band. So, you know, I'm always going to be forever grateful for... um those guys giving those four other dudes giving me the opportunity to to use this because uh, you know you kind of touched on it before it's a hype album you know like black flame was massive for us and so to be able to kind of get to a stage where we it's we've we can like have such an honest conversation where the boys are like well at the end of the day if you're going to do something don't do it half assed then get on and do it and and let's make an album about it." i mean that's that's amazing you know that shows a lot of trust yeah, yeah. You know, something I think about a lot when fans will
0: come and talk to, you know, various fans and so forth uh, that have helped them through rough times, whether it be the music, whether it be the lyrics that they're playing with, and in some instances, you know, they'll go into details about those situations. Um, I've often wondered, is it kind of taxing on you to take on sort of the emotional pitch uh, that people are kind of maybe dumping on you night in and night out when you're working through your
1: own stuff daily? it can be depends where you're at man like you know for me again it's another part of my kind of healing process is understanding that you're helping people you know one of your steps to well-being whatever whatever way you want to talk it universally one of the steps to well-being is actually giving and you know a lot of people think about that being charity work or or you know giving gifts or anything like that but actually part of the healing process for people or well-being is actually giving part of yourself to another person whether it's in a relationship or whether it's your family and time or effort and And that's part of it, you know. When I when I talk to people and it's emotional, and I can give them uh, a good amount of time to for them to talk and listen, and um, you know, that's huge. It's not only huge for them, um, I'm sure, and I'm hoping it is, and I hope it's a cathartic process for them. But also, there's an element that I I'm gratified by that I have. It has a physiological response in my body where I'm like, you know what, like you're using your time well, and I'm not just being in a band and just sliding through moments like that without any tooth thought. Um So that's, you know, that's part, I'm not going to say that suddenly my conversation is going to kill people and, and make them feel 10 times better. But I think any opportunity for people to kind of, as we, I said before, that step is so hard that maybe that moment is the exact moment that people are like, Oh my God, I actually got to speak about it for the first time. And now I can talk about it because I feel comfortable. I mean, You know, it's putting quite a lot of gravity on those conversations, but I'm sure people have been in that way, you know, where they're like, oh, I I only felt I could connect with him at that moment because I respected his band. Great, you know, and I take that responsibility not lightly. You know, I I really, really take that responsibility seriously in in a band. But also there's a massive element, man, like, You know, I have to be well, no doubt about it. I knew coming into this album campaign that I needed to be really well because I'm going to be talking about my mental health or depreciated mental health a lot over this campaign. So that was really important. But you kind of also have to when people are talking to me about their feelings, it's not about me. So if I think it's about me and how it's affecting me, that's when you can get into that weird cycle where you kind of go down downwards where i'm like oh how does this affect me how does that emotionally connect with me i'm not thinking about that i'm just thinking what does this mean to them you know and if you if i frame it in that way it makes it so much easier to kind of have a constructive conversation with people and the hard part man is that you know in a lot of countries that we tour we don't just tour the uk in the uk i could signpost people to places where they need to go and Stuff you know, if I wouldn't have a clue if I came to America or or a city, you know, states and state versus state, are completely different when it comes to healthcare and the provisions for mental health or counselling. So that's where it gets a bit hard. Where you're like, I don't have the information. I can just kind of tell you just to reach out, which is kind of hard sometimes, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. It uh, it seems, and, and this was kind of a, I felt shitty writing this question down, but I think I do feel like it is something I'm noticing more. I haven't really had an opportunity to talk to anyone about it. it seems that like a lot of musicians are actually being more vocal about their Chris from Motionless and White the other day being a great example, uh, talking about what he's been going through uh, with the pandemic and how it's affected him. Mm. But I do wonder, it does seem that this is sort of becoming a trend. And I'm wondering if it, if people are trying to cash in on it, or if we're seeing clarity, and the unfortunate thing is that we're conditioned because of trends we've come and seen that that's how myself as a fan maybe is looking at. It where I'm like, what's the other side and what angle? Because I, you know, because you don't see a whole lot of people talking about it, and all of a sudden you're seeing an influx of people talking about it that it doesn't. It sometimes doesn't seem as genuine. Are you noticing that as well?
1: yeah i think i mean i think you talked yourself through an answer there really i mean it's good you know because i think at the end of the day like yes like history has proven that people are you know let's be massively honest it's called a space spade, if we will like the the band's members have been scumbags like that is fact foremost band like the history of rock and roll has not been marred with positivities like do you know what I mean it's been marred with people being um you taking people advantage of people you know whatever you know you want to put it as you know music industry in general has been a a guilty of taking advantage of of people and impressionable people that love your band you know however you want to put that whatever you know slant you have on on inclusivity equality diversity um you know sexuality gender like whatever you want to put that So that is the history that we have not only as a human race, but also as a, as musicians metal music, take it as an even more derivative has had to in the past use its sway in the media, not in the media, use its sway and influence to be able to gain more money because it wasn't the, the, the done thing, you know, doing the VIP meet and greets, you know, being rock stars, like, you know, living that life. Like that was a part of that game that people were playing, which is wrong. Um, so I think, you know, I know that sounds like a bit of a diver, but that is the history you're, as a fan, thinking about. Like, okay, well, they didn't have depression last album, so why have they got depression now? You know, and I think I think there's a lot of that, and I think there's a lot of cynicism, rightly so. You should question things. You should. But what you should question it like is, in a positive reframe, you should ask questions. When did that happen? How do you feel about that? And, you know, and I think as well, I think you're right to be... Um, I think you're right to be suspicious, but not right to be judgmental. You know, if that makes sense. So as you wouldn't be, you know, you're, you're being suspicious. You're asking those questions. I think what is also important is that people create open forums for people to be able to, um, ask questions. So me just putting out an album saying this about my depreciated mental health saying nothing else about it. I mean, that's not serving a benefit for anything and that would make you more cynical. So, and it's really important that you address it, you talk about it, you say, well, this is what I was going through. This is when it happened. Now, I can say for Cannibal, say like three years ago, well, say four years ago was when I had a real depreciate mental health and got diagnosed um, officially. But when I retrospectively look over with less of them rose-tinted spectacles back in my life, I can kind of say there were points of anxiety or depression or the eating disorder that I had. Um, but I think there's also a thin line really where um, where we should be really supportive of people and human beings you know And you know if chris were emotionless decide i'm not saying that you were specifically saying that point to chris but you know if he decides that he wants to talk about that at that, that point what well, we should be more than anything is compassionate about someone that's talking about and that potentially is healing from that so i think if the world was less cynical and the world was more compassionate and civil i think we'd be in a better place you know what i mean like and i think that's I think that's really tough. You know, I think it's, um, I think it's not an easy thing to do. I'm cynical of people. I see things and go, well, were you really addicted or were you really suffering? And I'm guilty of it as well, but you know what? That's also not my place. Like it's not my place.
0: I think the other thing about it though, that's a little bit harder at times is sort of the adverse of of that, where you're, you were seeing people. I mean, I have no problem saying this because it's so well documented. Uh, I mean, you see someone like Johnny Craig, uh, that dude was given so many opportunities to overcome
1: <laughs> okay.
0: and just consistently lied about. It. And I guess that's kind of sort of the first where you see so many people, and I'm gonna just say, not, not focusing on musicians, but so many people who, you know, people have tried to help them. People are concerned about them, mm. and they are accept the help themselves to move forward and become a better them which then ultimately will be, you know, create a longer life for them, mm. it's one of those where it seems to almost shift, where it's, that have people where you're like, that person's fucked up, and I know they are, like, clearly you can see all the things. like, how many times were we all laughing? Uh, Scott, like, being a just shit. age stage hammered, fall down drunk, and then when he dies, everyone's like, oh my god, why did anyone You're yeah. kind of caught in two worlds where it's like, you you know, you have someone lying, I'm fine. Well look at the video, dude. Like look <laughs> or if you're sober there, no, you're not. But then adversely, you know, when the person passes away, that's when all the people, oh my god, why didn't anyone help him? So you see so much of this in the world now
1: mm-hmm.
0: where it just kind of creates this this narrative now where I'm kind of trying to work through it myself where I'm like, where is the entry point of trying to find empathy and compassion for someone when they don't have any themselves versus trying to realize that maybe even in recovery or they're getting healthy it's also not a scam of some sort
1: yeah man i think you're i think you're right i think you hit on quite a few different points there and i think you know addiction is one of those things i think let's say let's take addiction and i know you weren't specifically talking about that but addiction is one of those things a part of the condition is hiding it and lying about it and And it can be really, really tricky, man. There's a lot of shame and baggage when it comes to addiction, whether that's drugs, alcohol, um, gambling, whatever it is. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that I have no idea about. I mean, I clearly have an addictive personality, as you clearly do as well. Um, (laughs) But, you know, there's there's um, there's a lot there there's a lot of unpick in there that i think people um it's really easy for us who haven't felt like that so i suppose i'd address it in a mental health way as well and i say you know there's nothing more debilitating in this world than being someone that doesn't understand mental health or has never suffered with anxiety or depression and someone comes to you and go i'm feeling this way you know your first reaction i guarantee it if you have never suffered will be someone's anxious i'm worried about this well don't worry about it well that for an anxious person is incredibly horrible that's coming from a pace of compassion because you're saying well uh, i don't know how to you know in subconsciously you're going i don't know how to deal with this i don't know how to tell someone you know what to do because i don't know so don't worry about it it's fine it's fine it's the worst thing to do someone with depression you know cheer up (laughs) you know and it's not done because you're trying to you know or trying to make them happy or make them laugh and like you know and albeit that can be nice but it's also really difficult because that's not actually benefiting anyone at that point so I think I think it's difficult I think um I think sometimes you've got to you've got to remove yourself from that kind of situation of cynicism um I think there's you know there's lots of people that talk uh, talk the talk when it comes to you know when people pass away well they shouldn't have been alcoholic or they shouldn't be you know they shouldn't have taken drugs or whatever it may be they'd given them so many chances and i think you know at base level take it back to the fact that tragically someone isn't here anymore and in their life they didn't they didn't take that opportunity and they didn't have the help that they needed or whatever it may be that's caused them to not be here anymore i mean that fucking sucks man like that sucks you know that someone didn't value themselves enough and that's fundamentally what it is to to be able to get themselves out of that pit um And no one wants to be an alcoholic man no one wants to be a drug addict no one wants to have to then have all of the um have all of the means and uh, have all of the opportunity but have none of the kind of means and drive to do it like no one wants that you know you don't want to be viewed in that way um so that's where some of the lion stuff comes from you know that's where some of the they're being shady comes from because you get into these worlds where you're dealing with shady people you know And, you know, and rightly or wrongly, you know, take Johnny Craig, for example, like this man is not immersing himself around people that are good people. They are horrible, horrible people. You know, they are drug dealers and they're idiots and they're yes men. And like, you know, and it sucks, you know, it sucks that someone feels like they need that for gratification. And that's what it comes down to really at base level is that people are trying to gratify themselves, however they may be you know and they do stupid horrible things sometimes and that sucks you know so i think i think all we can do is like less i think it's really easy to have an angry emotive response to when you see shit like that especially when people are shitty towards fans i think um which sucks it makes you feel angry it makes you feel abused but i think um I think sometimes we do need to reframe it and look back and go, you know, and I'm not saying acceptable criminal activity. I mean, if it's a criminal activity, I mean, that's a scumbag they need to be dealt with. But if you turn it around and kind of you see addiction, you see people not seeking the help they do, I think you have to put it back up. I just feel sorry for those people, man. Like, I just feel like they are wasting such an amazing talent. And, you know, and the the guy that we mentioned, I mean, is one of those. The, the frustration is that, geez, how could your life have gone if you were, you were um you know in a different time frame or had a different outlook on life like you know what an amazing opportunity you had but three times. yeah i mean and that's what sucks because i think as well as a fan of music and you clearly are a fan of music as we all are you know and i think when we're in this scene i think that's what hurts the most you know what if i had that opportunity you know and you know where would i be if i had that voice or that guitar skills or whatever it may be or, or just in a big band or something like that and but I think there's a big, there's a bigger question of that. Is that it's really, really easy, and I'm telling you this from experience. It's bloody easy to get down that road, because it doesn't just start of. Oh, I'm gonna smash some heroin today. Like that's <laughs> not how it works, you know. In a band, you, um, on a band, you really have an opportunity. And we're no means in the biggest band out there, but you have an opportunity to have whatever you want, and it's how you use that. You know, we have an opportunity to have what we want when we want it. And that is a horrible a horrible place to be in if you have no kind of judgment of what right or wrong is, you know, whether you're an alcoholic. Well, I'm telling you now that we receive – we have bottles of alcohol every night that are given to us for free, or drug dealers. Well, in the worlds of being in a band, drugs aren't seen as this horrible thing that are going to ruin your life and you're not going to be able to do your work because, actually, most people that's in a band, they can probably function on drugs while they do their job. You know, and yeah, and it's not frowned upon. You know, so it's hard, man. I I, I do – I don't I don't believe in kind of um I don't I don't respect it but I can understand it if that makes sense I, I can understand how someone could get into that position and then you're in a position where you're like oh my god like <laughs> one day someone just wakes up and goes jesus I wasted my life which I can only see as a as a shameful thing you know Yeah I think the
0: person who low really not their uh you guys Johnny and while I do Probably not be those like him should take some full blame. Um, I think he had actually. I know he on uh, just episode, I don't think about, about Friends Free podcast, and there was a, a friend was like, dude, I said this, and I don't want to give it away. So it went and if it comes, uh, that will be a really idle thing about Johnny is love him or hate him do pretty much everything which is shocking um which usually that's kind of in recovery as far as I that's kind of usually one of the first things that are thing is you're willing to admit to yourself that you're the like the beginning of all the problems like you need to fix your still having issues on my side i see a lot of people commenting on that a little bit right oh, okay um but basically, everybody gets to the point where they realize that they have to change themselves, first and foremost. And then from there, the healing process and everything can kind of begin. And I don't know what that dude; It seems like he wants to. And then just, I don't know, if, again, I don't know if that's the perpetual state of the lie that he's coming in,
1: lying to himself, lying to us. But also, bro, it's it's one of those things that you know you hope that people realise that that before something cataclysmic happens, whether they're in a point of no return, which I don't believe anyone is, but there are positions where people will get into, to horrible states, or or you know they end up not being here anymore, and that that is real tragedy, you know, and and it's such a cataclysmic waste of life, you know, and that and that sucks, man. Like I I can't look at that from any other position of, I just feel sorry for that man, like, and it's so easy in a like a from a position of as a, that's the reason why I tangibly linked it to, to kind of mental health and, and the position that people feel when they're, when they're so debilitated or unable to help people is that, you know, it's, it's really, really easy for us to look like that. And it's also weird because we live in a world where we're so emotionally connected with people on this personal level. Dude, like, I think you get what I'm talking about. I think you could listen to our music and love it and get the lyrics but do you know what i go through no and do i know what you go through no but when we're in music you know we when we listen to a band we just we see them as a personality we see them as a persona and we we see all the headlines and we see all of that stuff and we just think well we know what they do in their spare time i don't have a clue what johnny craig does in his spare time Uh, i know that some of it's pretty shady and it's it probably shouldn't happen but you know like and i think it's easy isn't it for us to then go well i know that he had all the opportunities in the world to change, but actually, you know, and I'll bring it away from, from him, but like anyone in that position, you know, that it's really, really important that you, and I think this will be probably a first step for a lot of people is you value yourself and your life and you love yourself. And I know that sounds really like holistic in its nature, but it's so, so important that we value ourselves and we, we look after ourselves and we, give ourselves the opportunity to be better than what we are um, because we're all on a journey of self to self-discovery and being better human beings and learning public interactions. And And if anything's taught us over the last couple of years, it's all, you know, the last 10 years is we need to educate ourselves on all things. It doesn't matter what I'm talking about, whether I'm talking about race, religion, sexuality, gender equality, inequalities of all kind. We all need to take a good hard look at us, what, who we are what we've said in the past and what we're going to say in the future, um, what we're going to do in the future. I mean, that's the form. not what not just what we're going to say, what we're going to do differently in the future. Um, and if everyone could kind of do that, I think you then have a really good overview of like yourself and what your part to play in this world is. But I think, you know, I feel, I think fundamentally the answer, I just feel sorry for people that are in a position where they feel that that is, that is their part to play. And then that's what they gratify gratifying. you know? Yeah.
0: I don't, um, kind of getting off of the, the, the dead horse of the Johnny Craig thing <laughs> 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 onto maybe perhaps another dead horse. Well, I've been talking a lot about this uh probably consistent inconsistently over the last year and a half on the podcast. You know, social media and the impact that it's had that are indifferent. Something I've kind of focused on is thinking about what our youth. Uh I'll be thirty six in like a couple of months. So I remember when the internet didn't exist and, you know, being able to carry on um, at length, talking about a lot of different things, being, I don't want to say being knowledgeable on a lot of, but having, being able to talk about a lot of different shit. You just were enamored with life. Um, You didn't have so many things pulled away. And now I... You know, like when I go to bars, there might be three or four people, and everyone's, and you're not even having a conversation with people. So for me, it's one of those where I'm wondering if the social media is going to in the next ten years. We're going to iterations of it where we have a culture where maybe you can say something. No, oh, I don't like you. So I don't have to see you challenged that
1: way. And I think that's. That I'm worried. How you feel about? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably the same man. I think for me, I think there's a lot of negatives and a lot of positives. I think we sit very much in the middle. I think the technological advancement of our race, I think, we will look back retrospectively at some point and kind of be like, "Whoa!" Like, because it's really hard to see. You know, when you think about the industrial revolution or the take it back to like the Bronze Age and the Iron Age, and then moving all the way up to industrial revolution and and all of that stuff it's really easy to kind of look back and go oh my god like how did how did they come up with the light bulb or how did they come up with electricity and how did they come up with the internet and all sorts of things and when you go back then it's really easy to do that i do think we'll get to a point where we look back at this point and go what an advancement i mean as you said you know it's only a couple of generations you're only six years older than me um you know i remember the days of dial up and not really having internet and it being kind of transitioning into windows and how that looks and you know desktop friendly and then moving towards wi-fi and then moving towards kind of touch screens and tablets and you know and if we take it over 30 years let's just take that kind of time frame i mean what the hell happened like it's insane the touch of a button you know i remember watching minority Report avidly and watching that movie and seeing them do all the tablet things and the movement and they're stretching in and out and it's all like this and and i look back i remember thinking like whoa imagine if the world got to that and then literally like five years later or 10 years now i suppose we are and we've all got it we're doing it right now you know and so the technological advancements i think are incredibly positive i think another positive is that people can form their own opinions um they can link with people that have similar opinions to them rightly or wrongly so that also links with the other side of things where people can gather steam and uh, who are appalling human beings and really shouldn't be allowed to have a public platform can now so that sucks um but actually you know people there's kids out there that you know are in perhaps countries that that um don't promote certain aspects of you know equality let's take equality and inclusivity and like and that now can connect with people and see that actually they're normal and that you know that's okay to feel in that way or be that way or be pissed off that you're not in that way so that's a you know huge huge um benefit the access of information is absolutely unreal like amazing so you know when i said before you need to educate yourself well people can do that now they don't need to go down to a library and pick up you know, books about a certain subject, or you know, and all peer, be it that I'd like to see books continue, you know, rather than um just digital online articles. But it's important that the people can do that. Negative of that is that people can see everything, you know, they can see they're exposed at an early age to stuff that, you know, I just want kids to go out and play, man. I just want kids to have social interactions with each other and understand the nuances of, like, you know, not saying something in a bad way or or how to make friends or how to you know adapt themselves for social situations which is the biggest key part of social interaction is that you know i know how i'm gonna i can adapt it when talking to you and we've only just met so it's like that that's because of time after time learning about different interactions from the kid all the way up and you know kids don't play anymore man like there's just they get on shooting games or they talk online or it's all about snapchat and stuff like that and that sounds really old and really like archaic but you know it's really important it's fundamentally human nature to to have those social interactions in your early years um but that being said I did the positive that way the negatives um i would i would say so i would say so I, th- I think there's there's such an opportunity for connection now i said this right at the start of like um about uh covid and people are talking about social distancing social distancing everywhere you write it down oh my god there's social distancing there's no such thing as social distancing it should be abolished from this world because it's physical distancing that is what we are doing through covid that's what we should be telling people to do is you should be physically distancing from people social distancing when you put it down on absolute um core base level means nothing it actually means you're a recluse so, right. what we should be doing is more socially interactive with other people, but on a digital platform at this moment in time you know so I think it 's powerful man. we can have this conversation, we can talk about our opinions, we can interact, and it 's great, and I think perhaps actually the um, the transition to like face to face online stuff is real is a real benefit because I think you can get those cues from each other, not albeit it's not, it doesn 't replace you know face to face interaction but you can get cues, you know, when you're talking, you know, what, how that connected, you know, when I, I know when you're thinking about something because you looked over to the side, like, you know, it's that, <laughs> but, when, limit. You, 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 know, wanna... you look at, you look at those things and, and that's really important, you know? And, and so, yeah, I don't know. I think you're right to be worried, but I think if everyone had a level of worry there, I think we'd be all right. Cause I think, you know, parents are responsible they should be responsible they should be looking after their kids and looking at what they're doing on screen time and they should be we should also you know Sasha Baron Cohen is uh, has recently put out a thing about Facebook and there's a huge thing about Facebook about actually you know they need to have an element of control albeit I don't want it to be fully mediated and, and blah blah blah, blah and, and they can do what they want but there's a level of like protecting the youth on what they see and hate speech and all of that stuff. I think it's really, really important. So, so we'll see a transition. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping over the next few years, we start to see a little bit more common sense come into it. Cause we just run with pace, man. Like we're just learning as fast as we can. FaceTime wasn't a thing five years ago. So it's, it's easy, yeah. man. It was really weird. I was
0: thinking of, and
1: all the, uh, I take
0: in between podcasts, I don't remember where on, or where I heard I can hear my audio being weird again. I don't know why. Um, so I heard let's see why is it doing this? Really let's try that. Right. <laughs> I don't have to on myself now. Um, so it was kind of weird. Someone was talking about how they were one of the first to kind of bust through the door. Oh, it was Garza from Suicide Silence in regards to doing the digital world tour. And I kind of thought about that concept of being the first to do something. And just in a visual sense of what like you go through and then you're just like, holy shit, I'm here. Now what? And I've thought about how you could apply that to so many things where if you, you know, we're the first connections and such you, that we're just kind of going, now what? Now what? Where do we go? And it makes me laugh because I realize how how accurate that
1: message is, dude. It's it is so accurate, man. It, it touches a lot of notes there. You can only need to look at this current pandemic, and you know we're learning. We were learning at a slower rate than the virus was taking hold. And I think you know that's that's a crazy place to be in. But what we're not doing, what human race aren't good at, is taking taking a stop, a breather, and a you know readdress. You know, going all right, okay, this is where we're at, stock take. What, now we've got those in places. How is this going to affect us in the future? How is that going to affect our kids in the future? What we tend to do is go, this is a really good idea. Oh, my God, yeah, it's a really good idea. Is that going to sell? Is, is this going to make us lots of money? Okay, cool. You know, ethics and morality come 10th on the list if not lower you know with people going well are we going to make money out of this and is this easily replicable or are we going to trademark it and that is generally how people do things um so you know um yeah i think it's a really cool concept to think that's you know and it's very accurate about digital age of like oh my god we're it's an all-consuming beast now how are you how can you go to mark zuckerberg now and say you need to control this all-consuming beast i think like I think back to like Google and when that was set up and like, how the hell can you manage that now? Like the thought process just baffles my mind, you know, and these are hyper intelligent people that could never have foreseen how um, crazy this world or their digital innovations could be, you know, how could they, how could you view the internet is going to be what it is today? You could, not there's no one that's had that foresight. So, I mean, seemingly some of the movies we've, been referencing yeah, I mean,
0: some of them did <laughs> uh, did this with Lucius's uh, technology to be able to hear everybody. Uh, you know, Minority Report being a good one, Future Crimes, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, something yeah, yeah. they haven't. Any- um,
1: it's kind of weird when you kind of look back on some of this. stuff. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's all come. People say though, man, it's from a lot of science fiction. is from place of technology or te- from technological advancements that they kind of feed that in as much as I'm not going to go into any kind of conspiracy theories because uh, we'll go down this horrible rabbit hole, but there is, there's a very strong correlation between what is in development and what comes out as a movie for sure. I have to jump onto an interview at half six, just to let you know. Yeah, I was going to actually start wrapping this up. anyway. Oh, I respect you. So that was why I keep checking the time. Cause
0: this, uh, in six minutes, this will wrap up, but it'll give you a two minute warning. So I've been keeping an eye on time. Um, Kinda of lastly, I know technically the album doesn't come out for a couple more days, but you know, in talking to a lot of the band people that I have in the last few months, surprisingly everyone's writing new stuff. Uh are you guys taking advantage to, to find inspiration in everything right now, or are
1: you just kinda of like, We got a record coming out, we're not even trying to like get in a room right now or even like- uh I mean Dorse our guitarist is, is definitely always writing. He's always getting riffs down on paper and I'm always kinda of writing lyrics. I think I think it's really hard with how personal this album and how crazy everything is to, to kind of remove myself from the campaign at the moment and kind of think, okay, next campaign. So, so I, you know, ask me again in a month's time, I probably, probably will say I'm back on that horse, but like right now it's just a bit, you know, all I'm focused on is people hearing this record of how I wanted them to hear it. And, you know, once that happens, I'm just going to be, i just want to enjoy it for a little bit. It's really easy to just go right next album off we go. But, yeah, you know, as we said before, like it's so, so important. We take those times to just enjoy um the moment, you know, and that's that's what we're gonna do with this album on or certainly on Friday for sure.
0: Well, uh, lastly, I mean I know we're on a form of social media and so people probably know where to find you, but uh where can you or the band
1: be found and uh any of that kind of stuff you want to plug? yeah i mean you can find us everywhere so we are, we are in the world we're worldwide so yeah no, know every social media site we're on it's usually just buried tomorrow i'm on um twitter instagram facebook blah blah blah, blah. um i'm on that damn buried tomorrow um but then you know if people want to listen to us it's stream platforms itunes i don't even think itunes is a thing anymore apple music spotify uh deezer youtube um all things so yeah just just check us out listen to us don't listen to us you know talk to me online i'm happy for people to to have a chat with me and dm me and do all those kind of things so yeah i mean it's all an open book from from our point of view
0: well i had a pleasure uh chatting with you uh maybe if you guys make it back to the states when touring we will
1: i promise you we'll be back (laughs) we'll uh hang out maybe do another one of these perfect man thank you so much for this i really appreciate it good rest of your day see you later